Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 20 of season two, Football Played on Paper. And we've all got, what, three bags full today. So Newcastle's newest fan, Job is here. How are you, mate? Uh, yeah, really good. Really good. Just checking the oil prices, actually. Um, but no, absolutely buzzing to get started. Checking the oil prices to see if you can buy Mbappe. Oh, <laughs> just the, can we get Mbappe and half of Haaland? Probably get Alf. <laughs> Barney, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Sean. Bit early, but I'm okay. Yeah, mate, you sound a bit flat, a bit early for you. Um, and, of course, we're missing the um, guy who's got the littlest amount of respect on the pod. Um, so, yeah. It's a damn sure. We're, we're, we're only three of us. Um, Stack show, we got um, some opening questions. Weekly happenings after the international break. Full round of Prem. We're into a multi. Uh, so, we better get going with the opening question from Barney. All right, I want to pose this one to you, boys. Who would be your first signing at Newcastle United and why? Shauno, I'll throw to you first. Yeah, I already disclosed mine, didn't I? But um, mine would be uh, Robinho. So it worked pretty well for Man City <laughs> when they signed him. It sort of got the ball rolling. If anyone remembers when Man City got all their money flooding in, um, that was their sort of first big signing. Um, he did think he was signing for a different type of Manchester, but... Nonetheless, he signed and that got the ball rolling for Man City. Um, fast forward, they won a bunch of titles. Um, they've pretty much won every League Cup since then. So I think if Newcastle wants to get it going, I think that's the way to go. Sign Robinho and get the ball rolling. And there we got the ball rolling in his career, didn't it? Because it just went up and up from there for old Robinho. Yeah, and on his diet too. So is, <laughs> is, he currently, is he currently in jail or on the way to jail, Robinho? Is that correct? Uh, it is, but fairly I'd say serious he's allegations. Fighting, he's fighting uh, a pending sentence, I think. So you're stepping up early. You get him out of the country. <laughs> Not an extradition. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Job. Who you got? Yeah. So obviously, this is the one that is really going to dictate how we go from here. Um, so I had to think about this, and I was like, "Oh, you got to go out and you got to sign someone massive and really put a you know bums on seats." So I was thinking like someone flashy, like Madison or um, Jack Grealish. But I was like, "No, nah, like what they need is to is to get back to the glory days of the '90s." So you can't sign Shearer; he's retired. But when I was young, Newcastle were actually pretty good, and it was those those you know really senior type pros that were pushing them through. So my first signing would be James Milner. Obviously, he's, he's been part of Manchester City Revolution. Um, now he's at Liverpool, so he's got, been there, done it. Also, a former Toon legend. Yeah, so I think he, he ticks all the boxes, and he would, yeah, he would push, he would push them into that level of professionalism that you want to, you know, when you're bringing in Mbappe and Haaland, they're going to be like, oh, what do we do here? And you're like, oh, we'll talk to Jimmy Milner, like he sets the bar. Also, it would be good to get a luxury signing in for your first big signing that actually runs as well. Like he's going to work his socks off no matter where he's playing. So you're ruling out Messi? Well, look, it's not it's not off the cards, let's be honest. Now, I, I went. I was thinking a bit of a different route for this one. So obviously, yeah, you could go for a player, but there's bigger fish to fry here for the, uh, the takeover team, and that is they need to sign the biggest and best PR team possible. 
And with that, a really savvy social media manager who's really good with memes because nothing distracts people from horrific atrocities like a good meme. <laughs> so that's where, I'm, that's where I'm going. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Alleg- allegedly. Have you spoken to any of those dead construction workers from the <laughs> Qatar Stadium? <laughs> what ones? <laughs> yeah, they don't exist, can't. mate. <laughs> um, I think they call that um, meme baiting, Sam. In meme the, baiting uh, marketing is it? industry. Yeah, it's yep. almost like gaslighting someone with a meme. Hmm. So yeah, again, we're fairly wild. <laughs> fairly we're wild very woke this morning. <laughs> All righty, let's get straight into the uh, weekly happenings and. One of the biggest stories of the year has occurred. Mike Ashley's out. Saudi Arabia is in at Newcastle. Uh, the Saudi Arabian PIF, the Public Investment Fund, has bought Mike Ashley's majority share, and so they are now majority owners of Newcastle. Um, sort of bit hit and miss for some fans. Some fans are very well, – mo- actually, all fans are very happy Ashley's gone, but they're not super keen on having – you know, the new investors in. Jobba, how do you see this one? Yeah, look, it's insane. But I was, I was thinking, so it's the Saudi PIF, so the public investment fund. So it literally is investment funds from the Saudi public. Is that right? Yeah, similar to the Malaysian investment yeah. fund. That went really well. So Because if I was a member of the public and it was, if, I'd be like, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to invest your funds in, you know, lithium or, you know, different copper. No, we're going to invest in like a shit club from the north of England. Like, it seems uh, surely there's some sort of protest going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I well, de- they had to do that to go through the fit and proper owners test. Um, Saudi Arabia, the state, um, wouldn't or couldn't pass it. So um, the investment fund is uh, is going to buy it, and they've got enough separation between Saudi Arabia and obviously their whatever's going on over there in terms of uh, human rights and the investment fund are deemed to be separate enough. So that's how they've passed the um, fit and proper owners test. Yeah, it's, it's almost like if you have enough money, like the rules just don't apply to you. It's crazy. I've never seen this before in my life. <laughs> but, well, there was there's that thing where obviously they wouldn't have passed the fit and proper owners test. So that clearly needs to be looked at, right, because there's some shady characters in, in football, but that's a separate issue. I want to talk to you about the um, this sports washing idea. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's a disgrace. There, you know, all they're doing is hiding their human rights um, record behind all this uh, sports washing and like doing doing good things now. But I'm like, if a if a country or a state or whoever is doing like horrendous things, and then they do something good like invest in the community, um, you know, build up a football club, pay people extraordinary high wages. Um, attract people to that area, whatever else they, they might be doing in that space, operate in a country that has different rules where you can't do some of the, um, you know, some of the bribing and things like that, that that goes on. And people say, oh, it's sports washing, you can't do that. You're, you're hiding all your, all your bad stuff. And so like, but aren't they doing something good? So it's like, oh, you do bad stuff, so always do bad stuff. Don't do anything good. Otherwise, we'll call it sports washing. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think this, I think this, uh, this pops up a lot with like, um, people who um, have said something, you know, a bit sketchy in the past or something, something not very nice in the past and then like their view has changed and they don't think that way anymore. But now because they said that one thing one time, yeah. then that's, that's, they can never go back. And like, it's like people, people want people to change their mind 
But then when they do change their mind, they're like, oh, you changed your mind. Like, so yeah. it's like, it's like you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You yeah, got to do it. We're not talking about like, one incident of like, oh, yeah, that one guy, that construction site for us, that in one time. We're talking about like, hundreds of thousands of transient workers that have come in and had their passports taken or like, you know, died due to working in heat. Like I, I just did, I think it's crazy that the Premier League can be like, oh, we've had a $300 billion takeover at Newcastle. Um, oh, they're not fitting proper. Oh, but this other $300 billion organization that's been set up, they've obviously got nothing to do with them because, you know, there's heaps of $300 billion organizations that are around. So they're fitting proper now. Like, it just seems like it doesn't really matter to them. It's just like, can you put enough things in place for us to say that, oh, yeah, it's different people? Or like, it just, it, the rules just seem crazy to me. Yeah, but do you get my point on the sports washing, though? How it's like, it, they're trying to do something good. You can't say, no, don't do anything good now. Yeah. Because we'll call yeah, it sports I, think, I, think, I think it's applicable to anyone. Like, if Amazon go and buy, um, a football club, you're like, yeah, but what about all those people who have to get like food stamps to live based on the wages that you're paying them? Like, I think, I think mm. it doesn't really matter. Like how many, how many people are going to be that wealthy that have done it in a, in a really nice wrapped up way that's going to fit all the human rights and will have been better for the world the whole time. Like those people just don't exist. Yeah. Uh, is that why you're wearing your watch over your spacesuit at the moment, Jobber? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. Can you see the Elon Musk poster on over the shoulder there? Um, uh, Team Jeff, um, we're silver for now. But yeah. <laughs> Sending William Shatner into space. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's is a uh, it's obviously a very touchy subject, and you know, there's some sketchy things definitely going on in the past with uh, with the Saudi Arabia itself. But I mean. What I found quite funny from this is that there was some strong opposition from uh, Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal and Tottenham. And from what I've read, read, there wasn't so much opposition around the fit and proper owners test or anything like that. It was more about they were really annoyed that they're going to have a lot more competition for the top six spots now. (laughs) With Newcastle coming in and in a few years, they'll be a definite contender. So, yeah, that was was quite hilarious. As a neutral, I think it's good that that, um, that top six will get, or you know, big six. But oh, fuck knows how Arsenal or Spurs are still in that big six. But anyway, um, that it will get broken up. Do you know what I mean? That there's another, you know, there's a big dog in town. But I think I've seen a few things like, um, you know, Newcastle's ideal eleven, Newcastle's first eleven for um, once the new owners come in and stuff like that. I'm like, it just, it just does not turn around that fast. Like if you if you ever watch the the Chelsea evolution or the um, Man City evolution for some of the older football fans. It just it like it, the cogs turn so slowly. Like to get the first player there, who's a genuine, you're like, oh wow, Newcastle could never have signed him before. You know, it's going to take six months, and then you've only got one of them. And then, do you know what I mean? And then you get the right manager, and then you have growing pains because he's got so many egos and so many mercenaries there just coming in. And then you have to change him. Like it, it'll be a two three year thing before they're even close to challenging um, and, and being anywhere near cohesive from next year. So, yeah, I think until they're in the top four, it's a four-year thing away. It just takes that long. So you're thinking like Mbappe chasing balls into the channel from John Joe Shelby, like it's not going to happen this January? 
Yeah, that might, but I'm saying that, that like you're not going to get a result and you're not going to climb up the table. You're not going to finish fourth and then get established, you know, tweak your team and then get it right to finish second and then go ahead and challenge next year. That just takes years to do. What's the level of humor, right? Because Newcastle are currently 19th. Like how funny is it if they somehow still manage to get relegated? Yeah, that's straight up banter. Yeah, that's, And that's good content the, for the show. Too. That's the Mike Ashley gift. That's why in, in six months' time, he might have got the best deal in football because they'll be relegated and he still made bank. But apparently they've already uh, tapped up your mate Brendan Rogers, Sean, and he's, yeah. and he's already rejected it. Yeah, they've I already think, had their first rejection. Yeah. Well, if you're Brendy, why, why would you go there? Like He's exactly. like, oh, how about you exactly. sign all these players and then I'll come there? Like, why would I go there right now? Cha-ching. <laughs> why it's else like a, would you go there? I mean, yeah, but, he's got, but, he's got, but Brendy's got a bunch of cash. Like, we're paying him. I think he might be the third highest paid manager in the league already by, by us. Yeah. He want, would have been, um, you know, earning a bunch of cash when he was at Liverpool. Like, it's, do you know what I mean? I don't think like a, an extra $3 million on his salary is going to move the needle for him. And he's much more, I think, long-term projection, even for your own money, if that's the way he is inclined, or your career, like you're better off with Leicester. You've got some players who you can work with there and and play that style of football. And he's like in his third or fourth year there. And so that is essentially his team there, his signings. So he can craft something or he goes into Newcastle and you're like, hey, we normally play 4-4-2 and just fucking boot it. So, yeah. It's the Brucey way. Uh, and Brucey uh, is on 999 matches at the moment. So if he if he co- if he manages the team against Tottenham, he'll be his thousand. There's a lot of people saying he won't make it, which is unfortunate for him. Something that did pass us by man, though. Just, that, can I just jump in on that? Yeah. I just think if you're Newcastle, you just keep him in there, right? Because you don't have to pay him out. Um, he's not going to fight anything. Whereas if you bring in a new manager, he might be like, right, this is what I want. This is what I want. You're like, yeah, yeah, Brucey, just. Pick up the cones and take training, mate. We'll go and sign all the players we think we actually need. So I think he's yeah. fine to keep him for the moment. I think. I think it's. I think it's a different tone, but I think it's so sad to see, like the way Steve Bruce's name's been bandied about in this thing. Like, because he's, like, they're a pretty poor team, and I think he's done a pretty reasonable job with a pretty poor team in the time he's been there. And it's just like, oh, Bruce has got to go. Like he's terrible and all this, but like he's. It's as you say, like it's his thousandth game as a manager this weekend. Like he's obviously got something that keeps him in those jobs. It's just, and I think it's really sad the way people are like, oh yeah, like he's terrible and he's this and that. And they just got to get rid of him. But I suppose that's the but way it is now. Even the um, when they were trying to sign uh, Brendy, and I think oh, I can't remember who was the Italian manager. Maybe they were talking about Allegri or something like that. I read, but yeah. you can't tell me out of those three that Brucey isn't better positioned to just keep Newcastle up right now. Than, yeah. than those three. Like, I'm not sure Brendan Rodgers has the same type. Like, you know, you're going to see better football for sure, but you're probably more likely to go down if you have Brendan Rodgers managing that team than you are if you're Brucey because he's well, so much more pragmatic. It doesn't have the cattle. Like, mm. like you, just, you just can't do it with that team. I mean, someone who was in a similar position and like with a similar sized team like Roy Hodgson, everyone was sort of praising him for being able to keep Crystal Palace up for the past few years and he wasn't playing good football or anything like that. And Bruce has sort of been doing the same thing, keeping him up and not playing good football, but everyone's like slamming Bruce. And it's like the different type of fans of the club, I guess, like their expectations, but just interesting contrast between the two. But something that passed us by, and I can't believe it did, is that Steve Bruce, two of his three assistant coaches are also called Steve. 
<laughs> so <laughs> so the, the Steves could be getting Three the sack Steves. this weekend. <laughs> As if there's not someone in the dressing room yet now. Steve. But I think right. apparently they're going to leave him in charge for this last game, and then they'll sack him. I think that's the right in, move to do. Yeah, but bring in I, someone I, exciting. I, I think bring him in. Oh, leave him for this. Give him a thousand, then send him on his way. All righty, let's move on from Newcastle and get back to Shawno's old mate Claudio Ranieri, who got the job at Watford, and he's in, uh, and he will be in charge for this this weekend, and. I got to say, I watched his first press conference last night, and I'm so glad he's back in the league. He's just such a such a character, and uh, he brings a lot of energy. If even though he's plus, he's almost seventy now. I think is he still is he still in jo- is he still in the job at Watford? For uh, as of the time of recording, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought they might have sort of thought about going in a new direction by now. It's been a week and a half. <laughs> It's a tough start for Ranieri too. Imagine your, your first game. You're like, oh, What's yeah. he doing? Come in and, um, and you get Liverpool fixture. Yeah. I oh, agree, job. All you do is say, yeah, let me. I've got to fly over. I've got to get the family. Uh, yeah. Oh, I missed the Liverpool game, did I? No worries. I'll start next week. Yeah, but even <laughs> taking the job at all. Like it's – they've had – how many managers – they've had like 10 managers in the past four years or something. It's like something outrageous. Yeah, but and- he – he he doesn't stay for long anyway, so yeah, like, he, he moves on so fast. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I I think he'll be. He might even be the next manager sacked. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just so erratic. But yeah. that's the model, isn't it? It's not even. It's not even. I'm not even sure they're erratic. They're like strategically sacking managers extremely fast, almost. Yeah, well, it's, I mean? it's like it's not gonna. It's like strategically going up and back down. Like you can't. They, mm. It's not sustainable. Like it's done them yeah. no good, and it'll continue to do them no good. Imagine being a player, and you're like, oh, you're gonna play for Watford, and you're like, oh fuck, like how many managers yeah. am I gonna see yeah, this season? But then like you're like, oh, this manager loves me. I play every week, and then two, <laughs> two, two, two weeks later, you're like, oh, I'm out of the team, training with the reserves. Bad news, son. You now you're a left me. back. <laughs> Yeah, hey, but don't worry. That's the bad news. Good news is he'll be gone in two weeks and he might be a manager that likes you again. <laughs> I've just got to outlast you. Yeah. All right. And the uh, the last one here is uh, FIFA just continue to show that they're in touch with the players and with the fans. Uh, Gianni Infantino came out with another cracker this week. He said uh, the Super Bowl is played every year, so why not a World Cup every two? Completely disregarding that they're – absolutely different events in different competitions where, you know, in the NFL they play 16 matches a season and then if you get back to the Super Bowl, you'll play 20 for the whole season over three months. Um, but no, you World Cup every two years, that makes sense. Just, I don't see how, how are they so detached from the game? Like you see him at games like every now and then. He's around football. He His job is to literally run FIFA. How are you so detached from like what's actually happening and what the fans want and what the players want or what the managers want? It's crazy. It's, it's just such a big like dick swinging contest between UEFA and FIFA right now. Like just trying to be like, yeah, we're the big dogs. Because like UEFA, uh, this week I think um, Courtois came out was real critical of UEFA and the Nations League being like, why are we in a third place playoff for oh, the Nations that's League? Crazy. Like yeah. no one gives a shit. And now Infantino's like, yeah, we need a World Cup every year. And he's like, no one – no one cares. Like you guys are just fighting for power, but it's at the detriment of everyone else. And the game. And the game. Yeah, it's insane. Bunny, but, Bunny, you'd be on board. What do you think? You want more Nations League, don't you, Sam? You said bring <laughs> four more weeks to the next international break. I've seen your countdown timer. 
Well, I, I actually said get rid of the World Cup and just add a Nation, Nations League tournament. So, you know, why not? But he went on to say in the same interview that the reputation of, a, of an event depends on its quality, not its frequency. So just completely disregarding everything he's just said anyway. And he said every year you have a Super Bowl, Wimbledon or the Champions League and everyone is excited and waiting. Like they just, you can't compare them to the same events. You should be comparing yourself to the Olympics, not mm. to these other events that are yearly and are built into players' calendars and they're prepared for them. Or, and the, everyone knows how special the World Cup is because it comes around every four years. You know, you get that feeling, you know, when you get your wall chart that you get out of the paper, you stick it on your wall, like just those things. Like if that is that happens every year, you're just losing that buzz of it. And I think the Champions League is different because it's always happened every year. Like it's not as if it's like they were doing it every four years and they're like, geez, we can make more money if we bring do it every year. Like that's how that has been. Um, yeah, I'm crazy. It, it'll be cra- like what will happen is we'll have a Nations League We'll have a World Cup every year, and we'll play the Premier League every four years. <laughs> I just, I just don't get when the players are going to get a holiday. If like you got the World Cup every two years, so then the off year is going to be um, the Euros and Comedy Bowl and all that stuff, and then qualifiers anyway. And then like it's, I, I just don't see when the players ever get a break. I think Newcastle nah. will probably have a robot playing left wing by twenty twenty three. Like with that sort of money, just get someone going up and down. You already, already said they were cha- um, signing Milner, so there you go. There's a robot. <laughs> Persona- Personality-wise, is the same. We have the technology. All right, let's get straight into the games. So first one we're going to look at here, and it's the Ranieri special. It's Watford v. Liverpool. Uh, tough one for old Claudio to come into, but, um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be pretty straightforward for me. Jobber, how you see this one playing out? Yeah, no, great start for Claudio Ranieri. He's going to get absolutely fucking spanned this weekend. Been pretty awful the last couple of weeks, uh, which uh, ended up in Zisco losing his job, is it? Or Isco? Um, which is good because I don't see him in touch anymore. But I, honestly, Liverpool have been fairly impressive the last couple of weeks, and I think they're going to absolutely smash them. Yeah, I still know Trent Alexander-Arnold for Liverpool. So, um, yeah, you might see uh, James Milner play there again. He got uh, absolutely smashed on the in, in the media playing right back uh, what, in his absence. But, yeah, Trent's still got that groin injury. So, we'll see how, um, how Milner goes. He might have a little bit easier time against Watford than he did against, say, Grealish and, and Foden. So, yeah. I agree, job too too much too soon for um, Ranieri. Like he would have been only coaching the the team for, um, I suppose the skeleton squad for seven days, and then obviously all the international players would have just come back yesterday. So he's probably had three of three days with them before match day. So yeah, they'll be in trouble, and Liverpool do the job easy. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's pretty straightforward for Liverpool. I think like maybe not so much this week, but in the coming weeks we should be seeing Watford get a bit better defensively. Uh, Claudio seems to know how to set up the teams pretty well defensively, and so that's good for them because that was probably their biggest issue. But um, yeah, I see Liverpool pretty much just spanking them, possibly three nil for this one. Uh, and in Liverpool's title winning season, Watford actually did the double over them. That year, that was when they were on the unbeaten streak and they lost three 0 to Watford. So Sar was amazing in that game, for memory. Got a double, I believe. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I also think Salah—he's already had a fantastic start to the season, and now he's really going to start kicking on because I've just put him in my fantasy team and captained him. 
So it's only up from here for old Mo. It's just not spoken about enough, is it? Just how good Mo Salah is playing. No. Like I haven't seen anything about it in the last <laughs> three days about how he could be the world's best player ever. Oh, I'd say the last three hours, Opta Joe haven't sent me any specific stats on uh, what Mo's done recently or what ridiculous stat they pulled out of their ass. All righty. Let's crack in the next one. Aston Villa versus Wolves. Uh, this is a pretty, pretty, it should be a pretty entertaining affair. I think, you know, Wolves on the up have started playing some good football recently and Aston Villa outside of that Tottenham and I guess Watford game first game of the season, they've been, uh, you know, much, much better. So, Shauno, who do you see taking this one? I think this one will be really tight. I think this is hard to pick. You've got 10th versus 12th. Their last three games was a, a draw, a Villa win, and a Wolves win. Um, and not a lot of goals in those games, only two goals over those three games. So I'm I'm probably leaning towards a, a, a nil-all draw in this one, actually, just based on history. Not a lot of goals, um, and it's always tight between these two. And given their positions where they are in the, in the table at the moment as well, yeah, I think I'm going to go for a draw and a low-scoring one of that. Jebo, I'm, you, I'm, I'm really struggling to split these teams. I've liked what I've seen from Villa the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Wolves have turned a little bit of a corner as well themselves. Um, I thought I thought when I was looking at the table, they'd be lower than that, but wins against uh, Newcastle and the Saints in the last two games have sort of put them in a better position than I thought they were. Uh, I still worry about Wolves' ability in front of goal, like the with Troy's profligate finishing. Like They put together good performances, but... Yeah, I actually think Wolves are going to pull an upset here just based on nothing more than feel. <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you call it an upset though? Like they're pretty, both teams are pretty. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I feel like Wolves, like in my head, Wolves have been doing really poorly um, and Villa have been doing okay. But they then when you look poorly, at the table, as you Wolves, said, yeah, yeah, you look at the table and they're actually pretty even. But I, I think Wolves are going to win this game. I think Raul Jimenez got a goal, I think, last time out. Um and I just think the more goals he scores, obviously, the, the better they're going to be. Get his confidence back. Bunny, what do you think? Yeah, look, I think I actually uh, I'm going to go for Villa in this one. I think Villa back at home, trying to bounce back from that disappointing game against Spurs. Um, and they're very strong at home as well. So I I sort of see Villa taking this one. I think it'll be close. Like, yeah, maybe I could get a 1 0 win or something. But yeah, well, the one thing, good thing about Wolves this season is. Their lows aren't very low. Like they, they, they've sort of had games where they haven't won, obviously, and they've and they've lost like one nil, one nil, one nil. But um, yeah, their their lows aren't very low. But they like so they got a lot of potential to keep moving up and up. I think so. Good for them, but won't be good enough this week. Though, uh, Villa to take this one. All right, uh, next one we've got here: Leicester City versus Ooh. Man United. Probably the yeah, I'd say game of the week. Pod done. Uh, it's a uh, yeah, potential big one here. Shauno, are you hopeful for this one? Oh, I'm hopeful, baby, but uh, not confident. Um, no, Leicester could win the first for the first time ever back-to-back wins against Manchester United for the first time ever after beating them 2-1 at Old Trafford um, more recently. So I think probably Manchester United are going to have too much for Leicester at the moment, especially Leicester's form. Hasn't been good. The international break would have done Leicester um, some favours in more time to recover for um, key men like uh, Johnny Evans and Ndidi. However, the international break was rather um, unkind to Manchester United. Harry Maguire's got an injury and Varane went down in the within the final or the semi-final, I think. 
um, of the Nations League. So the two centre-backs missing for Manchester United will probably cause them some problems. I'm not sure who will come in for those two jobs. Uh, you will see the dynamic duo of Victor Lindelof oh, and no. Eric Bailly. Oh, no. They'll yeah, do well against um, Vardy, I think, though, won't they? Like, they'll be able to track to, his runs. Yeah. Throw back to the good old days. So Harry Maguire is supposed to be back on the 24th of October and Varane on the 30th of October. So I've got my fingers crossed for Harry to come back early um, and hopefully not underdone against Vardy. But, yeah, it's just Leicester have just gotten so lucky right now, haven't they? Going up against Manchester United, missing two world-class centre-backs. Um, Leicester's, been, Leicester's been pretty average this season. Like, um, like The form's been poor. Some of the performances have been pretty poor as well. Um, but they do run into Manchester United at a good time where the club is it's, uh, it's not looking good with those two centre-backs. And also the performances the last couple of weeks have just been very poor. Yeah. You've got to remember Leicester have also got like their four of their back four out as well. Oh, stop it. You're not missing anyone good. So I had a look at the Leicester City Oh, injuries. Fafana? You heard of him, mate? Johnny Evans? <laughs> Johnny Evans, former Manchester United legend. Wilfred Ndidi and James Justin. But that, I don't think – I think that mm. pals in comparison. So I'm trying to make excuses early for this one um, because Manchester United missing those two key players, obviously, and have just – like it still doesn't look very cohesive. And, I mean, in Solskjaer's defense, we're only two and a half years into his managerial career. Um, so you know that give him some time. Yeah, that can give him. It's not as if he's had any money to spend either. Yeah, um, and it's job, not as all his mates work in the media either. So like you know, give him some time. Let the boys settle in. What um, do you think about um, Jaylings? Right, so he's had more goal involvements. I know you love that stat. Love that um, stat. Against Leicester City than any other team, he's been involved all in six. All right, so three goals and three assists. So will Jaylings get some time? Uh, he might get some garbage time at the end there, but I don't think he'll start. I think, I no, think no, like he, he didn't really see... play in the international break though. Yeah, he had Sancho playing, um, and who else you got there? He had Ronaldo scoring uh, four, one of them disallowed. Played ninety minutes. So. Yeah, got a hat trick against Luxembourg. So again, like you know, he's going to turn up and score. It's not Ronaldo's certainly not the guy you're worried about in this um, <laughs> these performances. You're like he's going to turn up and score goals. But it like Bruno Fernandez had a good game against Luxembourg as well, and obviously Sancho. Sancho looked a million dollars against Andorra. So if if we can make any comparisons between Leicester City and Andorra, I think Jaden Sancho is in for a really big game. Um, Barney would look good against Andorra. Yeah, well, Barney would look like that 41-year-old man that Sancho burst past on the wing. But no, look, it's – yeah. I'm I'm really hopeful that we're going to see like a reinvigorated Manchester United because they did I think that international break came at a pretty handy time for them because like it was pressure was building the results were poor the performances were poor um, so hopefully we'll see a refreshed unit come back but I still think Leicester City are going to win this one and Manchester United's amazing away streak could come to an end. So Barney, I've got Man U, Job has got Leicester, you got the deciding vote here. I uh, it's very hard to split them here, but I think I'm probably gonna have to go with Leicester. I think it's too early for uh, to, for Ollie to have a career saving win, so <laughs> he's not he's not on the edge quite enough yet. So he's not going to turn up and and pull a win out of his ass. So I am gonna back Leicester here. Yeah, I think with so those two centre backs potentially out, or I mean, Varane's definitely out, and Harry most likely. And Vardy in the form he's in, like I would be very worried as a United fan. So yeah, Leicester City for me. Okay, so just to confirm, you guys are going against um, high flying Manchester United who are in fourth. You think Leicester will beat them? Who uh, little old Leicester who are down in thirteenth? Yep, 
No, okay. It's the cool. self-deprecating derby, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the one that no one thinks they're going to win. <laughs> no one wants to win, apparently. So, uh, all right, next one here is Manchester City versus Burnley. I mean, this one's pretty straightforward, right? I was going to say it's a tough one to pick. <laughs> Dashi. It's an Eddie had too. Like they just they just don't have any chance, do they? Like this is going to be five. Everyone agrees this will be four or five. It'll be five, and the Man City fans will leave earlier than the Burnley fans. That's my prediction. And job, be you... more, more goals than Man City fans in the stadium. <laughs> and job, you've got Mendy in your fantasy team. So is he? No, no, no. That's not. That's very nice. I think he's out for six to eight years. Um, <laughs> No, so, so Man City's last four home games against Burnley in all competitions have all finished with the same scoreline of 5-0. So no team so, in English football has ever won five-plus five home games in a row with an opponent by five-plus goals before. And you don't like the oil money. Um, I've also got a nice little stat that fits into the, the narrative as well. Burnley have lost each of their last eight meetings against Man City in all competitions. The aggregate score is 31. 30 to 1, not 31. <laughs> if you're, if you're Daishi, do you, do you rest a few blokes this week and just go, like, fuck it, like, we're going to get smacked? Like, Dwight McNeil, stay home. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, do do you try? I, I think you you just try something if you're Dashi. I think because you, you're just not going to be judged against this in this fixture. Like I don't know whether you go real real tight at the back and try and work on some stuff that you've been trying to work on, um, or you just go all out and see if you can like in that first you know 15 minutes if you can just go right. We'll just play three up top and have a crack at them. See if we can pinch one, catch them off guard. And then, you know, fall back from there. Like, you've got to try something because if they roll out their regular game that they do every week, they will get battered and not see the ball. They'll clock heaps of miles on the legs. They'll be get tired. Like, yeah. It's tough, I love that you say, you say pinch one. They've pinched one in the last eight and cop 30. <laughs> what else do you do? Like, you've got to try something. You've got to do something. Otherwise, yeah. What's the definition of insanity? But Burnley still, obviously, still winless. I think, yeah, I think minimum five goals for City here um, and a fairly comfortable win, Barney. Yeah, I agree. I, I know for some reason in my mind, whenever I see Man City playing like a bottom team, I instantly just think 5 0 in my head. It's always like, oh, yeah, it's going to be, it's nothing else. It's a win and it's 5 0. So, yeah, I'm going win 5 0, obviously. So, yeah, that's pretty straightforward. I think we're all on the same page on this one. All righty. Brentford versus Chelsea. A bit of a London derby here. So, this is, uh, I've got this one tipped down to be a very entertaining match. And, could be a bit more high scoring than we think. So, Jobber, do Brentford have a chance? I'm just thinking I don't think they do. But um, a couple of things are potentially going to sway him in this one. So, word on the street is Thiago Silva is out because he's gone out and played for Brazil. Antonio Rudiger is a chance of being out with lower back. Romelu Lukaku, also a chance of being out. And to a lesser extent, you've got Reese James and potentially N'Golo Kante also maybe out, but Kante might play. So there are a couple of injuries stacking up for Chelsea. I'm just wondering if Brentford, if Lukaku doesn't play, can Brentford do enough to to nullify them um, without big ROM? I still don't think so. I still think Chelsea are going to win the game, even with all that very persuasive narrative I had. Yeah, I uh, I, I sort of I, I see this like you know like Brentford. Um, squared up like very well against Liverpool, and I think they could do something similar here against against Chelsea squad. Um, you know, 
they've, they've got that ability up front to just nick one whenever they need to. And like it, and with those big centre backs out for Chelsea, they could do something similar like they did against Liverpool. We're just knocking it long, running off Tony, and those think, those sorts yeah. of tactics. That'll again. be definitely the tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it worked once. You, you got to try it again. And I mean. Tukes is pretty uh, savvy. He'll be he'll be looking at that and figuring out how to get around it. But yeah, I could easily see Brentford uh, nicking a goal or two here and putting some serious pressure on Chelsea. I um I sort of see it playing out as probably a, t- a two all here potentially. Really? Yeah, I get Brentford. I get Brentford a chance. It, I get Brentford a chance against pretty much anyone these days. Yeah. After what I've seen so far in the league, like they're they're very savvy and know know uh but, know how to get a get a point. So Chelsea have copped three goals. In the first seven, and you're suggesting they're going to draw two all with Brentford this weekend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Liverpool had only mind. Liverpool had only conceded one. I'm pretty sure before they played Brentford, then they conceded three. So, Ooh. like, I don't know. I don't know if it's that far out of the realms of possibility. Yeah, um, Brentford have a win rate of seventy eight percent against the league leaders. It's the highest in English top flight history. What? So that's going back, Job, to when, you know, you used to that's watch. Got, it's, it's going back, what, like a month? As in top flight, top flight in the Premier League, they have no, a 78 top flight. So we're talking like, you know, Division 1 back in the day, you know, when you were 30 watching the games then? I can't, um, I just can't, I can't think that's correct. Like, I'm oh, sorry. it's correct, baby. Um, is, that, is that joe.co.uk? No, 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 no need to fact check that. Just No, just, no, just I'm, in, I'm in my spreadsheet um, at the moment. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I think uh, this will be a very physical game. I've got no doubt Brentford will take the same tactics as they did against Liverpool. I think they might get some joy out of Chelsea, especially with those um, those uh, defenders missing. However, I think Chelsea just got too much class. I don't think Ron will play. Um, it's probably not the game for him, to be fair. I think if you want something, um, you probably want to keep it on the deck a little bit more against Brentford. I think if Chelsea can control the the midfield, I think Werner might get some joy. So, yeah, I think a Chelsea win with the Werner goal. There you go. That's brave. There we go. So, uh, all right, I, I, I've got uh, Brentford, Jobber and Sean, I got Chelsea. So, those two are wrong. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next one here. Everton versus West Ham. Uh, very good match it is going to be. This is like, you know, Everton are in – I think Everton have been sort of creeping up the table and sort of gone under a lot of people's radar here. And, you know, Rafa's got him sort of sorted out defensively. Michael Keane's lost his ice skates, so he's much better down back. Shorto, have you been impressed with Everton this season? I, I, for me, Everton have been flying under the radar a little bit. I, I don't think I've, I've gone with them um, on a preview show um, that often. So... Yeah, for me, they've been flying under under the radar. They're doing rather well, but I just think the football is a little bit underwhelming, um, especially like that's something to note if you're a neutral. Like I'm not invested in Everton winning or, or losing. So, yeah, in terms of the football, it hasn't been that great, has it? But it's been rather effective up, up in fifth. Similar to West Ham, like they've had some really good performances. Um, I think they blitzed Leicester and looked really good. Um, so I'm just – both these teams, I'm just – Unsure what to make of them, you know, seven games in. Um, both of them, like Everton started slow and are doing um, rather well now. Um, West Ham started rather fast and have sort of slowed down in these these last couple of fixtures. So I think this is like similar to the uh, Villa Wolves game. I think this one's really, really hard to pick. I'm probably just going to go with Everton um, based on recent form um, and the fact that they're at home. Yeah, it's a it's it's a confident call, Jabba. 
What do you, what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I am part of the Everton Revolution. Very impressed with what Rafa is doing down there, and he has done it without Dominic Calvert Lewin and Richarlison at times. Who are obviously two key players, and Gilfie Sigurdsson for he's been out for some what? time as oh. well. Don't know. Don't know. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, West Ham dropped off a little bit of late. Um, I actually think that Everton will do it again. I just love the defensive solidarity, as you said. Michael Keane has has come along, and we did miss his redemption story. I know you boys were hard in on him in the first two weeks of the season with his mistakes, <laughs> and he's redeemed himself with a goal recently. Um, so that's great to see. So that's, I think, that's all it takes is six defensive areas, one goal wipes it off. Yeah, it? but now they're up to fifth and flying so now i like everton in this one i think they're just going to be slightly too good um but obviously it all depends on big michael antonio who should have been the premier league player of the month for september who got it ronaldo really Oof. fixed halsey be all over that that's scandalous yeah it will be halsey's um algorithm to come right in for ronaldo winning player of the, the month probably good he's on the pod would have, would have taken 10 minutes all righty <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, Everton will probably be too strong here at home. Um, they're definitely an informed team out of these two as well. Um, and West Ham, you like you mentioned, have been sort of stuttering of late, but yeah, it should be an entertaining match to say the least. Alrighty. Next one here, the mighty Toon Army with their new ownership take on Tottenham Hotspur. So this is... A tough one for them to face up, you reckon? First one. Newcastle to face Tottenham. So. Yeah. Nah, no, no, with this. Oh, you saw that Aston Villa game? Spurs are going to be like the new Brentford for or new Burnley for Newcastle now. They'll just be rolling through the cogs. Like. <laughs> um, I, actually, I'm more interested in the off field for this game. So I think Tottenham should win this game, even with um, even with Newcastle's riches. I'm interested to see what the fans are doing. Um, I'm going to be watching this game, but I, I want to. I'm hoping we're seeing a lot of those traditional garments in the stand, and like a lot of like chav type <laughs> Newcastle fans drinking. The, what's that ke- beer that's in the brown can that used to be on Nuki, the shirt? Nuki Brown. Newcastle Nuki Brown. Brown. I yeah. think we're going to see a few of those. I'm really excited just to see because I know they'll take it with dignity in class. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they do. Oh, I've got that down too. I think that um, it'll be interesting to see the atmosphere um, running through the the stadium there. Um, I think the the fans will be up and about and excited. However, I think their bubble will get burst against uh, Spurs. I think Spurs, yeah, at the moment, um, before Mbappe signs, um, we'll just have too much for, for Newcastle. However, Newcastle fought back late both times last year, Barney, if you remember. Um, pinching a draw in both fixtures. They scored in the 19th and the 85th minute to pinch draws last season. So, yeah. Um, if that's anything to go by, they'll be behind going into the last couple of minutes, and I think that'll be the case in this fixture as well. So, boys, um, I'm just going to put I'm going to put my neck out here, and I'm just going to give a prediction before Barney goes and bangs on about how Daniel Levy's going to ask the Saudi guys for money during the game. Um, but this, like, all of a sudden, all these Spurs players are in the shop window as well. Like, Sun's going to be England uh, move to Newcastle. Kane's England. He's going. Kane's like didn't work out with City. But we've finally got someone who's going to match the fee. I'm off to Newcastle to play with James Milner. Um, I actually think Newcastle are riding the good times here and they're going to get their first win of the season this weekend. 1-0 mm. upset on the counter. All, the, on, all the players will bounce back after uh, the big takeover. They've got to impress or they're out. Yeah, with Karen um, Benzema yeah, sitting that, in the I stands saw... watching. <laughs> it's Karen Benzema. 
I still have that 5-1 uh, final day of the season defeat against Newcastle burned into my memory as a as a very bad memory. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to go that way. I really hope Tottenham can like, continue their the good good uh, form they brought in for the last game against Villa and continue on. Um, I think there should be too much for Newcastle in the end. And, yeah, hope, I think it won't be high scoring. It could be... Uh, potentially just one nil for Tottenham, but you know, that will be good enough. Um, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. Like you say, to see how the fans react, to see how the buzz around the stadium uh, with Mike Ashley gone. So which one of these teams is going to be more boring? Newcastle or Tottenham? Tottenham, uh, Tottenham, Tottenham will be yeah. more boring because Newcastle have uh, the excitement ASM, that he's there. But Barney, what do you make of Harry Kane's comments this week? Um, He said, I've been copping a bunch of stick in the media. People don't realise I've actually scored seven goals this season. (laughs) He filled his boots in the conference league. It's almost like no one has any respect for the UEFA Conference League. Hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, like... there's probably a bunch of shit strikers around the world that have scored seven goals this season. It doesn't mean that they're like, you know, great. I think, look, it. I I haven't been impressed with his form this season. He's obviously the everything that went on over the summers clearly upset it. Not upset him, but like upset his form and um, has thrown him out. And um, I'm hoping, event, like obviously he'll eventually get back into it. But yeah, I mean, like he's probably right to come under some stick at the moment. Barney, he's the captain of the team, and like I know, I know it's like a reading too much into it potentially, but like the messaging he's sending is like things are okay as long as I'm scoring goals. Because if he watched his own games back, he would know he's like there was a moments against Crystal Palace where like he didn't have the ball for like forty minutes. Like he can't be satisfied with oh I've got seven goals. That's all I have to do. That's great. Like he's the captain of the team, captain of the club. I think it's so disappointing yeah, to hear from him. Yeah, but I don't think you judge him on that. Just that Crystal Palace game, like, and, that, and that was sort of in isolation. Like his performance haven't been great this season, especially the level you expect from him. And yeah, it's not about just like no one would have said back before this time that it was just his goals that were the reason he was in the team. It was his like work rate and effort off the ball as well, which has definitely dropped off this season. But yeah, I I I think he's just sort of getting over that that uh that move to City and. I mean, yeah, as a Tottenham fan, everyone's hoping that he can come back into some of that form we've seen recently. Job, to support your um, theory on who will be the most boring and to support my answer that it will be um, Spurs are the following stats. Average goals scored per game. This is all so far this season. Average goals scored, Newcastle 1.1, Spurs 0.8. Goals conceded, Newcastle 2.3, Spurs 1.4. Clean sheets so far this season. Newcastle nil. Oh, um, Spurs three. So that's going to cost uh, Bruce his job. Chances created. Newcastle one point two. Spurs one. So yeah, Newcastle. Wow. Everyone who says they're boring and um and Brucey doesn't know what he's doing. Just read those stats, baby. Goals going in. Chances being created at both ends. Uh, whereas Spurs, stodgy. <laughs> great entertainers. I'm so glad when the like the data backs up what you see on the pitch, and you're like, "Wow, Spurs are bloody boring right now." Yeah, but we've got the captain oh, of the Nations oh, League winner, winner in our in our Harry team. Harry Kane's got seven goals in the Conference League. What a fucking hero! <laughs> oh, mate, give him give him a break. He's doing the best he can. All right, all right. Jabba, 
take uh, I've just got a few more results here. Uh, sorry, games. I want you to get your your predictions on. Rapid right? fire. Rapid okay. fire. Let's get something out there. Move on from Spurs. All right, Southampton leads. Score draw. Shawno leads. Southampton will yeah. continue their poor run and form. They have been poor. I reckon leads as well. Alrighty, Norwich, Brighton, <laughs> Jabba. Uh, Brighton by a few, I think. Brighton by a few. Yeah, yeah, it's looking pretty easy for them. Norwich will be relegated in about six weeks, whenever the earliest possible time is. Uh, and last one, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Is- Arsenal kind of look like they've turned the corner a little bit, haven't they? I think they're up to about 11th. Um, your, I think, boy, your boy Vieira's got Crystal Palace. I know, I know. It's the big homecoming this week. Probably not enough made, but I think I think Arsenal should win. Yeah, sure I'll, I'll, I'd rather have a um, full run-up at this, but I, I just – I think I'm going to say Arsenal. I think they have turned a corner, as Jobber said, and I think Arsenal winning fits into my narrative of uh, Patrick Vieira getting the sack this season. <laughs> So, boys, last thing on these games. So, there's Southampton, Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich. All haven't won a Someone's game Someone's got to win, right? Someone's got to win. <laughs> I think it's going to be the Toonami. Imagine they're all nil or draws. <laughs> That's no, no one, That's... They all continue without a win. Jeffy, you say someone's got to win, but to be fair, they none don't. of them could win. <laughs> they don't. They don't. And, it, and, it, and in all their, all their games, they're all like very unlikely to win. <laughs> Yeah, history tells us that they don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they just have to. They just have to. All righty, Jebba, give us, give us the multi. you got a multi, Go mate. On. Come on. All right. So um, as you boys know, I am the eternal optimist. So this week, there's going to be goals, 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 except for on Sunday evening at Newcastle Tottenham. So I've got Mo Money, Mo Salah to score and Liverpool to win because like Mo Salah one. is in a rich vein of form right now. Uh, Manchester City to win to nil. Or um, more? Oh, it could be, but they're just going to win to nil. They're going to score. Oh, win two. Yeah. yeah, I see. Win two yeah. nil. Yeah. Not yeah. win two yeah, nil. They're that. going to win with zero goals conceded. Oh, so let's, Two's let's, not enough. Let's hope Daishi doesn't uh, wheel out anything special then. He won't. He won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. He'd Four need a more map. years. He Four would need a map years, to man. find those goals. So Southampton versus Liverpool. Uh, sorry, Southampton versus Leeds. Both teams to score. Uh, Everton versus West Ham. Ooh. Also both teams to score. And then Chelsea to beat like Brentford. That. So 10 bucks will earn you $130.65 or $130 redos. That'll saying. get you a Newcastle shirt easy, job. Uh, it would have too. pre-October 2021. Uh, now, I think it's about 400 pounds now just to fit the audience. Yeah, plus if you've got um, Lewandowski written across the back, that's a lot of letters, three <laughs> pounds a letter. So. <laughs> uh, All right, Jeb, where can they find us? All right, so if you're looking for us, email in footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook, footballplayedonpaper, Insta at footballonpaper, and Twitter at footballonpods. Tsunami, tsunami, tsunami. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. Enjoy the football. Good luck, Brucey. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. <laughs> <laughs>